This is another podcast from my recent mastermind event, and it happens to be about one of the most important skills you'll ever hone, that being the ability to accurately, confidently, and quickly identify where the problems or choke points are in your clinic. While most clinic owners think all of their problems are because of a lack of leads or calls, the smart business owners are using frameworks to diagnose the real issue. If you're coming home at 9pm each night, tired and feeling burned out, never making much progress, it's because you're not doing what Paul teaches on this podcast. And instead, it's because you're spending too much time doing and not enough time critically thinking. If you're interested in joining Mastermind or learning more about these types of business skills, the best place to start is with Paul's one-day strategic planning workshop that happens in Orlando every quarter, where Paul works closely with 20 clinic owners to do 12 months of planning inside of one day. Email paul at paulgoff.com to get details of the next event. And remember, you are listening to the theory of business on this podcast. The Mastermind Program and Strategic Planning Workshop are designed to provide you with the help and support to implement these things and not just leave them inside the that's a good idea bracket again. So reach out to paul at paulgoff.com if you're interested in finding out more. All the details can also be found over in today's show notes. Enjoy the episode. This is the Paul Goff Audio Experience. Whether you call yourself a PT, a physical therapist, or a physiotherapist, and wherever you are listening to this right now, this is for you. It is me revealing everything I can to help make you a more successful business owner. Thanks for listening. It means the absolute world to me. All right, everybody good? Are you happy? Everybody enjoy that? Some good takeaways? Great to see it, isn't it? They, uh, I mean, as I sit and watch it, Sometimes I'm like, fuck, this is like, this is like good. You know, you, honestly, I do. The first time I heard Johnny speak, I was like, Jesus, he's like, he gets it, like really gets it. Not just at the point of being told to do it. He's actually able to teach it very, very well. Um, to the point I'll probably start bringing him in a bit more, I think, to the program. So you can see that. And, and I, as I was kind of thinking, how can I help you the most with all of this? Really, it's always, it's always in showing you demonstrations of what we do, not necessarily teaching you you know, the tactical aspect of it that you're going to get digitally or on a course or inside a membership site. But if you can see how all of, uh, how all of this collides and links up, it's uh, the social proof element of it is, is great. And understanding, I believe, the difference in my business that allows it to run with or without me is the team. And everybody within that team, knowing what their role is, everybody happy and comfortable with each other, they're as comfortable yeah. with each other as the patients are with them. And that, that's such a big thing. And I touched on a few things yesterday and take from it what you want, but when you, you have to start to understand how people, how they tick from the kind of emotional vulnerability level. Because um, if you're hiring somebody who's highly strong, who is egocentric, who is struggling with life right now, doesn't know how to have fun and just generally has got loads of shit going on in their life and you bring that into your world, that's what you'll get. That's what you'll get. And if you try to fix that with more logic and more skills, you will not do it. You'll never ever do it. So the more that hopefully you hang around with me, the more I think a lot of our conversations will go to people and leadership and management and just generally dealing with situations that I think, I think really it's not necessarily dealing with the situation, it's actually recognizing it. Most people's problems is, is that they are fighting the wrong problem. They're trying to put out a fire that really is a symptom. And it's not necessarily how do I deal with this situation, it's helped me understand this situation. Because if I can help you to understand the situation that may or not be uh, causing the problem, you, you'll find your own solution. It, it won't be, and that's what you'll notice a lot with my teaching, I very rarely give you the answer. 
I try to actually go back and go deeper and, and explain to you why it happened. Because if I can help you understand the cause, you'll find the solution yourself. You'll find your version of what's right for you. But if you don't understand the cause, whether it's the vulnerability, the emotional issues the person's gone through, the hire that you have made that possibly wasn't a good cultural fit and so on, whatever solution I give you is not going to really help in the, in, in the long term. So I'm pleased you saw it and I, I'll make more of a, a thing of that. In fact, it'll probably be a staple thing every Thursday morning on, on this kind of event, if you like, that we'll go there and um, the more that you prepare and ask and come loaded with questions that you want to know between then and now, I think the better you'll get out of that type of session. I'll put Jordan in there, Jordan's great. Um, and just see, uh, you know, the walk and talk in real life. This is exactly what's going on in, in the business. And hopefully you can see everything that I, that I teach you. I've never said that my way is right or wrong. It just works for me. Like it just works and people can argue with it. They can say that they like it or they don't like it or they believe in it or they don't. And I don't really give a shit. I have zero connection to whether people like it or they don't like it. It fucking works. Like it absolutely works. And that, that if you take it and imply, um, implement it, your version of it, they're, they're my personality. I could laugh and giggle and joke with those three all day. Like I love being around them. I could go on holiday with them. I could fly them to the US. I could put them in my house, which I do. And I could wake up with my kids and their kids in the same house. That's the type of relationship that I have with my staff. That there's no real, I'm the boss and you're, you're the employee. Now there's a line and they know that, that I have to jump in and talk about things that you know, might not be right. But it's done with, with intent that, that the business always comes first. Definitely. So, so let's tie a few things up. This is the session I'm looking forward to. So yesterday was probably vague. And yesterday probably felt, what the hell? And I'm not quite sure. And this was all just made up. And these are just numbers in a spreadsheet. And that is a budget. Just accept that. A budget is obsolete from the moment that the game basically starts. But if we don't have any clear direction of where we want to go, and we don't know where we are, we don't know what the difference is in the middle, and therefore we are making stupid decisions, emotional decisions, and we're just taking action for taking action's sake. So really, what you have with the budget is what I want to happen in January. This will become really relevant to you around about the 10th of February. If you, if you play this game out for 12 months, 12th of February is just figuratively when I get my data from my staff on all of my businesses versus what I said I wanted versus where we are. You could run it on the 1st of February, depending upon who's doing it for you. You'll know what actually happened. How did the game end in January against where you said you wanted it to be to make the profit that you said you wanted across 12 months to be able to live the way you want to live? Remember, that's what we did yesterday. We started with, where do you, where do you want? It's 10 grand, 15 grand, 20 grand, whatever you want. We then looked at, well, what does the business need to make in order to get that for you minus all of your expenses and then worked out what needs to happen month on month on month factoring in the fact that there will be fluctuations and that was the bit that I was trying to bring to your attention yesterday that this isn't an even sum game every single month January will not be the same as February will not be the same as March there are seasonal differences things happening in your area that will affect the amount of volume that you'll get through the doors we then moved on to the milestones. They're actually the standards. They're the big things that, that if you just monitor that, so diet and exercise would be an example. Essentially, this is cockpit, the milestones, okay? And I'll, I'm gonna teach you today where the budget and the cockpit kind of come together and how you can use it. The milestones will be the equivalent um, of, I wanna be uh, 180 pounds on Friday morning, great. But if I just get on the scales 
And no matter how much I stare at the scales every Friday, I can move the scales around, I can change the battery, I can buy a new pair of scales. The number's gonna look the same. So really, what I should be doing is managing the things that affect the number that I'm looking at. In the case of wanting to lose weight, the critical driver would be diet and exercise. That theoretically, if I managed my diet and I monitored my exercise enough, I would know what that number's gonna look like on Friday morning, with or without getting on the scales. You following? So what's more important, getting on the scales or managing the critical drivers? Critical drivers. So, which is why when you look at this uh, page uh, 12 that I've given you, KPIs come last. We've done the budget first, which basically says, where do you want to be? If we manage the critical drivers, you'll hit the numbers and the KPIs kind of take care of themselves. In the past, when I've seen this stuff taught, everybody's monitor your KPIs, monitor your KPIs, monitor your KPIs. KPIs, key performance indicators, would be profit, loss, total revenue, visits. Great. But that's like me getting on the scales. Oh, it's 181 and I want it to be 175. All right, try again next month. There's very little consideration to what actually affects the KPIs. And that's the bit that I've tried to bring to all of your attention last year with Cockpit. That that spreadsheet is basically designed for you to manage your diet and exercise. So much so that the KPIs will take care of themselves. Do not live at the KPI level because that's the effect level. KPIs are still important and you still want to know. I'm still getting on the scales once a month just to make sure that my diet and exercise is working. But I'm not monitoring KPIs every day because not, nothing's going to change. The things that I'm monitoring are patient visit average, arrival rate, complete plan of care, average patient spend, utilization ratio, and so on. These are all the things that will affect my KPIs. Following? Yeah. Now I'm going to show you. Let, um, I'll put this on the board for you. This is practically now. So I said yesterday when I opened up, what I want you to be by the end of today is in a better position to make decisions. Not better marketers, not better tactically, not better salespeople. If you're business owners, it's about the decisions that you make. We just had probably a session there on tactics. That, that's, that, that was a session on tactics. What do you do when? What happens if? What does a patient say? What do you say? How does it, how does it? And it feels great. Like those sessions are brilliant but they won't change your business as much as understanding how to make better decisions that affect all of that. That's the difference. We've just come from a tactical session. This is now a, ultimately a strategic session, right? So anybody who's been in the program long enough should be using Cockpit, yeah, which is giving you all of your critical drivers. Here's how these two tie together. Did that exactly same thing yesterday. I told you today or yesterday there were seven really management reports that I get we're really now introducing the seconds. The first one I've introduced to you was cockpit, the budget, uh, and I'm gonna show you how these two work together. My intention is that every time we do a meeting like this, I will go deeper into things like cash flow, balance sheets, accounts receivable, talking through the account receivable days and various things. Not to overload you, it wouldn't be able to be done in two, two days because it's, it's absolute, it batters your head. But if you can get cockpit understood, and then we can introduce how to use that in correlation with your variance analysis, which I showed you yesterday, which is the budget, really, against the actual. You will be able to make better decisions, and I'll prove it to you now. So, it's January. Oh, 
or the end of January. It's um, February. It's February the 10th, okay? Steve, give me your budget for January. What did you have? Revenue. So just give me what you need to make in January. 10,000, 15, 20, 25. 15 grand. All right, good. So everybody just play along, right? 15,000 is Steve's budget. So to get 2019 off to a good start, Steve in January needs to make 15,000 pounds. All right? It's January uh, or February the 1st and his accountant has crunched the numbers or Steve's ran the report and he realized that in January he made 10,000 pounds. So the variance different in pounds is 5,000 negative. Great. Not great. But at least we know. The next thing I would do, if I'm running your business or I'm involved in your business now, I'd go down here. And I'd go, that was the result. Why did it happen? So now I'm going to my cockpit. And at this point, I'm going new leads. I'm going arrival rate. I'm going... Um, PVA. Uh, I'm going average spend. And I'm going completed plan of care. So up here, I had a budget and an actual for all of these things. So my budget for new leads in January, according to my cockpit, is everybody following? If I've been filling out a cockpit week after week after week, this is how you're gonna run your business better than you've ever, ever run it. New leads, so if I budgeted that I wanted 50 new leads in January, and I got 60. Let me put one more down here. Phone to disco percentage. So new leads, I wanted 15, I got 60. PVA, I said six, and I'm getting seven. Sorry, arrival. Arrival, I said 95%, and I'm getting 87%. PVA, I said six, and I'm getting four. Average spend, I said 400, and I'm getting 320. Completed plan of care, I said 95, and I'm getting 85. Physio to discovery, or phone to discovery, I said um, 80%, and I'm getting 50. Where's the problems in my business? Where's the bleed? Have I got a problem with marketing? Nope. Got a problem with arrival? A bit of a one. 
Got a problem with my PVA? Got a problem with my average spend? Well, of course, because them two are highly linked together. Have I got a problem with complete the plan of care? I don't have a one. Have I got a problem getting people from the phone to a discovery visit? Yeah. Massive. So, I already have within a minute an understanding of why we just got beat 2-1. So before I go to the next game, next Saturday, I can conclude that the real problems that I've got is the phone. Phone to disco, not working. PVA, not great. They're the two major bleeds in this business right now. What's the solution? What am I gonna do? In this case, in this scenario, what am I gonna do? So, so who's getting my attention? Front desk, who else? Physios, who else? Follow-up team? What else might be going on? What about this one? <coughs> well, maybe. I'm not saying that there are good leads and bad leads. I might be attracting a certain type of Groupon client. It may be that somebody's ran a brand new campaign on Facebook that we haven't ever done before and all of a sudden we did get 25 new leads. But I've underestimated how long it takes for them to want to actually convert. And it isn't a case of my marketing working or not working. It just could be that it takes a little more time before I see the fruits of the labor. I don't know. But by considering what it could be, I'm getting closer to actually solving the problem. And most importantly, and this is the bit that I want to get across to you, if these are my problems, these are my solutions, where does my energy go for the next 30 days? That's it. Everything else is fucking irrelevant. Everything else doesn't even come, come close. Now you're checking the boxes and you're making sure everything's good and you're casting an eye over staff training and you're making sure that everybody's getting on and all the numbers are being filled out. But 75% of your energy is going to fixing these two problems to change this for February. Because if you don't change this, what are you going to get in February? Why would you get any different? If I don't go and talk to my central midfielder to play different, why am I expecting them to play different next game? If I don't go and talk to the striker to pull off the shoulder of the defender to get into different positions in the box, why on God's earth would I expect them to score goals next game? Why is it any different for a business? Make sense? The key thing I've always wanted to get across to business owners is that we all have a finite amount of time. We all have 40 hours a week or whatever you're going to put into your business. The reason I think I've got so much done in multiple businesses all over the world and staff all over and various things happening is because I live like this. And I still get home at 6 o'clock most nights. I still drop my son off at school every morning. I'm not putting any more effort in in terms of hours. I'm just thinking. 
about where does my energy need to go. So while you're fixing some random system, I'm doing nothing but talking to my physio staff about the PVA that will show up in my bank balance in 30 days time. Almost most people that arrived in this program started with some version of, I need to fix my systems. Lisa, <laughs> I remember the conversation. The, uh, my response is, which one? All of them. It can't be all of them. Because one is more important than the other five. If we, if we know what problem we've got. Because you could go and fix, and, and nearly always what happens in my experience of working with business owners, nearly always what happens is we go fix the system that's actually already working okay. Why? Because we like it. That's why it was working okay in the first place. Think about it. You put all of your effort there because you're comfortable there. You're all right in that area or that department. That's why it's working. Well, this bit's all right. We can make it a bit better though. This will tell you where to put your energy. My obsession is turning you as business owners into people that can critically understand what the fuck is going on inside of your business to know where to put your energy. If you're coming home at 9, 10 o'clock at night, it's because you don't know this. You, you, you don't understand how to use this in correlation to guide your behavior, your output, and then ultimately your staff's output. I'm not talking to, to um, Jess on the phone about completed plans of care or whatever, if the issue is the, the conversion from the phone to discovery next month. What we're doing is looking at every possible aspect that could improve that, from the marketing message to the videos they get, to the welcome pack they get, the shock and awe box. Somebody recently, uh, for full disclosure, Somebody recently emailed me and said, oh, after I signed up for Mastermind, I was expecting a shock and awe box and blah, blah, blah. You teach me to do it in you know, the physio business and you haven't done it to me in a Mastermind business. I said, you know why I don't send one? It's not a fucking problem. Nobody's dropping out. Nobody gets to the point of saying yes and then doesn't book. When it becomes a problem, when it gets to 250 and 300 members, which it will, it'll be a problem and I'll need to go in and fix it. But I'm not doing it just because of, of wanting to send somebody a box. It's designed to solve a problem in a business. The shock and awe box in a physio business solves an arrival rate issue. It solves a, I don't know what the fuck I'm getting into here. It solves the, I've got buyer's remorse. I don't have that issue in this business. I will have when it gets to the next circumference or stratosphere or whatever. But right now I don't because I know all of this. So I'm not, I'm not rushing out. And, and Paul three years ago would have been, oh shit. Look, we better do this, we better do this. Now I'm like, thanks for the suggestion. It's on the list, I'm fully aware of it. And when it becomes a problem, because this will tell me if it's a problem, I'll do it. Or I'll do it because we have a lull or a gap in the schedule and we have nothing else to fill the time with. And it's something that we think is the next logical step for us to make before it becomes a problem. But not just because somebody's pointed it out. You follow? I don't run off emotion and I don't run off which a lot of people are, well, you should have done this, or you should do this. I think this is a good idea. They're all good ideas. But how do they fit in relation to this? You will get paid directly, the, the amount of money you make will be directly proportional to the number of problems that you can solve. Not stuff you do, problem solved. Your business is a walk and talk and entity that needs problem solving. The better that you get at problem solving, the better business you get. The better business you get, the more money you make. Your business exists in its own right to solve a problem for an individual. A human being has a problem. Moreover, mostly skeptical. That's the problem that you solve. If you solve that problem, you will make a lot of money. If you just keep solving ankle problems, you'll do all right. You solve the real problem that a human being has, which is indecision, skepticism, bias, remorse, doubt, fear, 
Solve that, your business grows very, very fast. Difference between a practitioner and a business is that. I'm trying to get you to see as a business owner that you will then get solved or you will get paid out for solving problems in that business. The key is which problem. One problem always supersedes the other three or four that you've got. A business owner will often say to me, what's your problem? Where do I start? Or where do I start? <laughs> it's wrong conversation. What that tells me straight away is this is not going on. Some people will hate this right now and it's just, just give me more leads. And often that is what goes on on a Skype call with somebody and it's like a reluctantly, all right, I'll do this, but it's not really what I want. I just want more leads. It's like, all right, see how that goes. And it's just a constant, and anybody who's been with me for a while will have seen the shift that I've made in a, as a coach. Because at the beginning it was just, yeah, just give people more leads. And I was like, nine out of 10 people don't need more leads. It's not gonna give them sustainable success in a business. Your critical thinking skills will give you the sustainable success in business that you want, which will provide the lifestyle, the freedom, the prosperity, the cash, whatever you want, all directly related to how well you can do this. And then of course, go execute it. Because some people are gonna get to this next in three weeks and go, I don't know what the problem is. But then they're gonna get distracted with somebody that comes in with the equivalent of, you didn't send me a shock in our box. I think you should. Cool, thanks for the suggestion. It's on the list, but it's not a priority for this business right now because the numbers are telling me that it's not a problem. Nobody's not agreeing to join after they've done whatever. That's like, oh, dropping out after three months or four months. But if my physio business was having that problem, we do send a shock in our box. And if you said to me, Paul, we're having a real big problem here between, between phone and discovery or discovery and first session, I'd be like, it's the first thing you need to do, or write a book, or do something along the lines to, to solve the actual problem, which is trust. I buy his remorse, buy his regret, and I wish I hadn't bought, bought the, the, the session. All right, how do we fill that void? We send them some a book, testimonial booklets, DVD of you in your clinic, frequently asked questions book, whatever. That's why all of those things actually are, are brought to your attention to be able to solve these problems. Everybody all right with that? Think you can do it? You see me stressed? Do you ever see me stressed, angry, frustrated? Because I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's not always what I want to be going on, but half the problem of most people's frustrations is I don't know what's going on. At least I know. Tell me, like, give me the bad news. There's a great phrase the coach taught me. <laughs> give me the bad news now, but don't let me read about the bad news tomorrow. Don't let me see it in the newspapers. Give me the bad, like, it's almost like a politician. I'm not bothered if this scandal breaks tomorrow. What I'm pissed about is that they, you didn't tell me the scandal was going to break tomorrow. Because if I didn't know the scandal was going to break, I couldn't have been prepared for the question. Most politicians just want to know that their affair is going to be exposed on Sunday. Because they've got three days to figure out what they're going to do about it. The politician who wakes up and sees himself in the Sunday sun, he's fucked. Because he's got no response, he's got no, no reason. And now he's fighting all of that. So give me the bad news, but don't let me read about the bad news in the news, is the phrase. That, that is ultimately the uh, mindset that you want. Most business owners, why won't they go look at this? Because it's all bad news. This is red, that's red, that's red, this is red, that's red, and that's where it'll start. I thought Lizzie was running out. I've seen enough. Thanks, Leslie. Good job it wasn't that leg. <laughs> 
Thank you. So, yeah, uh, Kushka. No, that would be the patient spend. How much is the patient spending? That's massive. Leads, so number of inquiries, website, anything off Facebook, just the number of people who call. Phone calls as well. Um, would this be anybody reactivated or was it just yeah. brand new? Leads? I w it's whatever, so good question. This, this, is where, this is where your critical understanding of what we're trying to get out of this and, and is ultimately what I'm trying to teach you will play out. You might decide that you want to know that because it gives you a better line of sight to make better decisions in your business. That if you think I want to know the leads and then the number of past patients under a different line item, then, then yeah, you would go there. I broke mine up in the P&L in my uh, cockpit into new patients. So new P's, referrals, and then past. Because it allows me to look at. So if I said totally I want 60 new patients a month to come into my business, and by new patients, it's to start a new plan of care. That, that's the terminology. And again, we all have to get, you have to get clear on your own. And as long as your staff know, that's all that matters. So if I want 60 new evaluations every single month, I said I want 30 new, absolute new, from Facebook, Google, newspapers, the book, walking past the clinics, whatever, right? Just walking in. I want 15 from referrals. Why are you here? So-and-so told me to come. That's a referral. And I want 15 from past because that allows me a much better line of sight than just saying I want 60. Because if that's working at 30 and that's only at one, I'm talking to the staff about what we're not doing in terms of customer service, because nobody's talking about us. What are you not doing? And if nobody's coming back, now definitely tells me something's gone wrong. Not just at a marketing level, from a customer service level and a delivery of, of actually outcome level. So it gives me three different lines of sight to make a decision. Because if that's flying and that's flying and that's not, where does my energy go? For full disclosure, I don't even have to get involved in this anymore. How obvious is it? Anybody in my office, between Vicky and Jess and Becky and Johnny, if that number's down, they know what to do. My job is to create the framework for this detail to be seen and ultimately understand it. Do you share these figures? With yeah, don't be, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Anytime they want to see it. We, we talk openly about it. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday they go through, yeah. Vicky will, Vicky will be the one ultimately that has access to the spreadsheet. Me and her will speak. And then she'll say, yep, I've already concluded. So our, our relationship will go something like this. On a Monday morning, she'll review all of last week's. Three o'clock in the afternoon, she'll send me an email. This is what I've seen. This is what I think. This is what I'm going to do. Is this what I should do? And I just reply and go, yep. Do you need me? No. All right. And we speak, our plan is when I'm in America to speak bi-weekly. But that email will go on. And obviously I'll have checked it against what she says every single week. It's her job to tell me what she's going to do. Not my job to tell her what to do. It's my job to jump in if I think what she's about to do isn't quite right. This isn't Paul do all the work. This is Paul create the frameworks for the people that get paid to do the work. That's the way it's supposed to be. So if I'm having to give, if I'm having to give the suggestions all the time, she'll always wait for me for suggestions. That's what the product of what the effect of what you've seen was this morning, where they're so cognitively aware of what's going on in their business. I don't even need to sit in that room. I did that in America. You were there. I put them all on stage and I went, I'm gone. Let me know when you're finished. I don't give a fuck what you say. 
because I know full well that they're going to give th th their, their answers is what is, is just so pure and legit. It's like there's nothing, there's nothing to worry about in terms of what they're going to say or what they might respond with because they've been trained so well over a period of time to, to truly understand the game that they're playing, not just do or be involved in the game that they're playing. And I think that's the real, the real difference. That ultimately as a manager of a business or a leader of a business, you're a coach. Vicky's a manager, she's, a, she's almost like a policeman in, in, in essence, just making sure everybody's doing their jobs. She's kind of moved into a world of being a coach, but my job was definitely for a five year period, a coach, to create that culture where, as I said to Derek, I think now what, what really has gone on in my business there over a five year period, I created enough leaders that if one of them leaves, there's enough leaders to do the job on my behalf. That if Jordan leaves, Johnny will teach the other physio that comes in. If Johnny leaves, Jordan could do it. If Jess leaves, Becky, Vicky, no, they know the standards. Now, as long as there isn't a mass exodus or six of them get pregnant in the next like, month, it's a pretty solid business. I've done the same with this business, right? My full intention of this business is the team that you see there. I can go to America now, confident. There's a pod of people that if one of them leaves, the other seven would coach the new one coming in, even though I'm 6,000 miles away. I couldn't have done that last year. My full intention was go to America last year and I wasn't ready. Because the, the, the unit, they went at the level, they weren't able to answer questions on my behalf this time last year, now they are. They get it. They, 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 they've been coached so well, sat with them every day, talked them through it, listened to their conversations. You see me in the background of all your Skype calls on purpose. I'm listening to everything that's going on. How's that, how's that being interacted with? What words did they use? That call goes down. Tell me about the question. I didn't hear it. How, how did that context come around? I'm just constantly optimizing 0.1% every single day. That over a year, two year period of time, Amy, superstar, Rachel, superstar, Bex, superstar. They didn't come in like that. You've seen four years in, Amy and Rachel, Bex, three and a half years, Sophie, a year, Simon, a year, Lisa, six months. There's an, there's an environment in which they can grow. That's ultimately what you get paid for, I believe, as a, as a, as a business owner. To the point now I can go to America and guess what I'm gonna do? Exact same thing again. I have a five-year project to go over there, hire a team of six or seven people, create an amazing little pod, and then if I fancy going to Australia, I'm gonna piss off to Australia and do the same thing again. If I fancy going to Canada, I'll go and do the same thing in Canada. If I wanna go and start an investment business, I'll do the same thing there. If I wanna buy a rental estates company, I'll do the same thing there. Nothing changes. The, the, the conversation I had with Derek and, and Ben on the way over here was that the real thing you should all understand and get confidence from is these skills. If the government banned private physio in this country, I wouldn't give a flying fuck. I'll take this to a dental practice, I'll take this to a law firm, I'll buy a car mechanic, I'll buy a real estate company, and I'll put the exact same frameworks and skills into that business and turn it around in no time whatsoever. Because the standard of running businesses is so bad that, that just do some of this and you're gonna be so far ahead of the people that you're competing with. And that's what I hope you take from me. You know, if I was to go and drop down dead, the people that I've coached and helped, I hope that you take from me the most, not the marketing skills, not the sales skills, the ability to critically think and have the confidence to make decisions in your business that you could take with you to any business and be fine. This isn't about turning you into a physio business owner, it's about turning you into an owner of a business. Same skills that you are bored, sick, even better. The business runs without you, 
And now you want to go do it again in somewhere else? Go do it again. That's what you're buying from me, I, I believe. I can't put that on the sales page and I can't put that in a video, but that's really what you should be taking, the confidence with which you can run a business and not have it run you. Business owners who are being run by the business, this is what their life looks like. Like what the hell's going on? You're gonna need the discipline to do this. And I, I got a little session after lunch to talk to you um, about the rhythm of how I do this with my team, who's responsible for what, when, where, how, weekly, bi-weekly, daily, and so on, to really kind of implement this, because that's the theory. It's how do we get this into your calendar? You can leave here today and think this was great, but if you don't do it, when you come back in May, nothing's gonna have changed. Any questions? Thank you for listening to the Physical Therapy Business School podcast. To find out more about how you can create a strategic plan in one day in a room full of like-minded business owners with Paul Goff and know precisely what to do in your practice to hit the next level of growth and profit, email paul at paulgoff.com for more information. And we'll talk to you again real soon next week on another episode of Paul Goff's Physical Therapy Business School podcast. Until then, have a fabulous day.